0: Alejandro, welcome to the Trials Collective interview series. Alejandro of the Conestoga, is that how you say it, cowboys?
1: Conestoga. Conestoga,
0: Conestoga, the OG Conestoga cowboy right here. Um, I'm very uh, pleased to have you on my show. Uh, Not only um, do I want to hear your story, but I also really want to like get some tips for like my editing and all this stuff because anybody watching this right now obviously knows that I don't edit very much at all. And um, so, you know, it's it's always cool to uh, learn from the experts, I guess you would say. So um, why don't we start with what do you do for your day job?
1: So I am a documentary filmmaker and a cinematographer. So I'll like, I'll shoot really cinematic documentaries and commercials that are supposed to look like documentaries. So like very lifestyle um, commercials. And I'll mostly run camera and then sometimes in the documentaries I edit as well.
0: Okay, so how did you, st- when did you start doing that? Was it something you studied in college or was it something that you picked up after college?
1: Uh, I picked up a camera for the first time my senior year of high school. I signed up for the announcements, like the morning announcements. And the whole point was to be in front of the camera, to like joke around. Like that was like a very class clowning kind of kid growing up. Um, but it was just awful. Like I couldn't read off a prompter, like I couldn't, I got like stage fright in front of the camera. So I was gonna drop out of the class and then he's like, well, you can just like be behind the camera. And through that, I ended up, like, making little, like, documentary series, like, for the morning announcements and stuff. And so I was like, OK, cool. Like, I like this. Um, I like this. Like, I like cameras a lot. And then I started making a living at it soon after high school. I didn't go to film school. I just bought a camera and a laptop and I started filming punk and metal bands that were that would eventually turn into touring punk and metal bands. And so I would go on tour, or I would go to, like, recording studios, film, like, blog, like, early vlog content. Okay. It's like, maybe 10 years ago or so. And then I got into a community in Lancaster. So I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and there's a town called Linitz, And they have a community called Rock Linitz, And they produce um, anything for, like, massive touring artists. So everything from the speakers to the stages to... Um, like lights or anything like that, any massive arena artist gets most of their stuff from that town. So I started filming in that community, and that's like you know, in film bands like The Killers or like Bruce Springsteen, or just like random random arena art, like Fifth Harmony, Kelly Clarkson, Fish, weird, weird, random groups of, of but like huge
0: groups, bands,
1: huge artists, huge yeah. artists. <laughs> It was, um, it was really exciting, but it wasn't very, like, fulfilling, like, and so I kind of wanted to get more into doing Strictly documentaries, and then uh, around three years ago, that was like, I just left that community and made that pursuit towards docs, and for the last two years or so, that's all I've been doing, it's just making so.
0: so what wasn't fulfilling about it because i mean that seems like the high rolling lifestyle oh, like really? i mean i'm not personally for me but if i was you know in like your shoes i can imagine like these famous people want me to film them
1: oh yeah yeah i mean it was like really cool and it was you know just like live music in general like anything from a small punk venue into like a massive arena like the energy in the room is like really, really cool. So the actual act of filming it and seeing these people like see their favorite artists or be in community with people who are just like them, that was the fulfilling part. Everything before and after though was just like, these are long days. And also like that that industry in general is not very like good for your health. You know, a lot of these people are like gone for weeks at a time and you're just kind of, static you're like in one place you don't really get to see these places so much like when you go to all these cities like you have to stay within a three block vicinity of this spot all day and it's just I don't know it's just not very conducive to like wanting to have the freedom to like go run whenever and have like a healthy lifestyle like a lot of those people don't have very healthy lifestyles touring artists and stuff so yeah I just wasn't it just wasn't very and the content after a while was just like it's the same i was just doing the same thing and just seeing you know
0: did you get much creative expression at all
1: um yeah sometimes but not like i have the freedom with documentaries just because like with documentaries like um yeah every story is different and so you can film it different some documentaries are more like we do a lot of like really uh, stylized documentaries. So some of them have like their own scenes, and they get lit and all that other stuff. And so I don't know. It's just yeah, the the touring lifestyle. I just had done it for so many years, and I was just like, yeah, I just want to do documentaries, meet real people, tell real stories, and um, and yeah, have more freedom to like have weeks where I can do kind of whatever I want. Like I get to go running in the middle of the day, and like yeah, when I'm not filming, I can.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure in, in the sense that you get to set your own hours, you get to do your own thing. What you said about, you know, telling stories, you know, that's kind of the reason that I started doing this. Mostly, I wanted to bring something to the Trails Collective, and it was the beginning of the pandemic, and I was bored and missed all my friends. And I'm lucky that, like, a lot of my friends on the East Coast are also very talented runners, and so I was like, I'll just interview them and like really was just like let's just talk for an hour and then i'll throw it up on youtube and um ian started to like it so we just kept doing it now i'm at like episode 27 and you know i really like this is like the best part of my day it's really fun to just talk to really cool and interesting people because everybody has a story so even if it doesn't seem like you know i think personally a lot of people are like i'm not that interesting like you know I get up, I run, I eat breakfast, I go to work and come, but like every interview is something interesting and like I can pick it out and it's, it, that's really fun. So I completely, under, I completely resonate with that, how, you know, it might just get a little bit boring or not boring, just monotonous and um, th- doing the same thing. So with documentaries, there are just endless options, which is pretty neat.
1: Yeah, everything is different. Like one day I can film somebody who's filthy rich or the next day I could film someone who's like really poor, and like at their lowest of lows, or I could film a really inspirational story. we do a lot of um, disease related documentaries, like rare disease and disabilities and stuff. And so I always get this frame of reference that's like, okay, I should be really grateful because like I have this able body, like even on my worst day, I still have so much more than so many other people that I've filmed and their dispositions in the world are so happy. Like you know, you film somebody with a disability who's like having a great day, and you're like, "Damn, like maybe I complain too much." You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love my job, it's, and I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else so
0: Yeah, and I bet you get to meet a bunch of like really awesome people too. And I think the beauty of you know both running and social media and things that were connected is like, maybe you're dealing with something like, I don't know, um, either low motivation or maybe a twisted ankle or something. And you can find somebody going through the same thing as you. And like, you're sort of like in it together and you can like help each other out or, you know, you, or maybe you see somebody that's going through something like that you already got through it. So yeah, it's like, I'm very grateful for what I have. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It can be sad, but it's also kind of, also, like, I think I take also what you do, like, a more. I'm very grateful for what I have right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, being grateful is great. Being bummed out is also awesome. I mean, oh being, yeah. Being salty is key.
0: Misery loves company, you know. Yeah. It's gotta, you
1: know. No fucking ultra running if I was all happy all the time.
0: Sure, I mean, what is half of an ultra race? It's just like this <laughs> sucks. Like, why did I do this? Oh god. Well, that's half the race, right? Yeah. More. um, in uh, in my in the races that I do, they're uh, way too short for you guys, so it's like the whole ri- like I don't have enough time to get salty, I'm just sort of like in pain the whole time, yeah. So it's like it's not really salty, it's more like I don't have time to think about this, it's just here,
1: yeah. Well, we'll be running a 25k soon. I'll call the I
0: saw that on your ultra sign <laughs> up in like a couple in like a week or so,
1: there will be like four of us up there, so it'll be fun.
0: Is that a sprint?
1: That, I mean, for uh, so Joe and James are gonna do the 25k. Eric uh, Wolfgang is gonna do the 50k. He's probably gonna beat cheeks on that fucking 50k. I'm so, are
0: those other three more of your cowboys?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're other homies. They're That's homies. pretty
0: cool. I wanna talk about that, but I also wanna like talk just a little bit more about. Um, your company and what you do now so you have a company called it's it's reverie is that how you say it mm-hmm.
1: reverie is the film the website is it's reverie it's
0: from. so reverie mm-hmm. is the web is the company mm-hmm. okay so when did you would well, you start that three years ago as well or has that been the like so the, kind of the whole time
1: when i worked in the touring community the, the arena artist uh i met a guy there named joe joe also had like a passion for a documentary that I found out, and so him and I would share all these things that inspired us all the time, and then after I left that community and started pursuing it, he was like, you know, maybe it would be a good time to try and pursue this with Alejandro." and so him and I officially banded together la- the beginning in 2019, so January 2018. And we had like no projects. And then in a month, we had like three or four documentaries. Three
0: so, or 4,000?
1: No, no, three or four documentaries. Oh, that, I was like, what? Well, yeah, now we have produced so many documentaries. It's absurd. But yeah, I mean, just like kind of had no, no real game plan. We just both knew we wanted to do the same thing. Um, and it worked out. So yeah. And, and yeah, so that reverie has been around for two years.
0: Yeah, well, your website is beautiful, and I think something that, like, sort of benefits creatives like you, especially with your editing and stuff skills, is, like, you throwing up a website and not having a plan is, like, a billion times better than, like, Joe off the street doing it just because you know what looks good and you know how to make that stuff, and I think that's, like, a really underappreciated part of, like, you know, you're not just doing this, like, you had to do everything. And I know just like the amount of attention that like I refuse to spend on a lot of my creative projects is like, Oh man, if I could just nail that down, like just something, you know, it's uh so that it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So everybody should check out the website cause it's, uh, so it's, it's reverie.com and check out a couple of those things. Um, so how I came across you was through Ian linked to one of your videos on the weekly rundown. And so I think a lot of our listeners will have heard of the Coco Nino Cowboys from the West Coast. They're in Arizona, but you guys are the, can you say Con- it?
1: Conestoga.
0: Conestoga Cowboys. So tell me who they are and then how did it start?
1: Um, so I guess the original, like, first time I think I remember mentioning or hearing Conestoga Cowboy was the first time Jim Walmsley ran Western States. I think the first or second time. Either way, he was talking all that shit, and it was just like, you know, it was just like, this dude dude is just, like, annoying, you know what I mean? And so I'm in a group chat with my friend... Jason Lance and Louis Kugel, um, who I'd say are probably the OGE. They're just like Jason Lance is uh, actually a really rad, accomplished um, 100 mile runner. He's won Vermont 100 twice, uh, Massanutten 100. He like took me to my first like 100. Him and Louis were running it. I paced Louis. Louis is a mailman who runs 100 plus mile races, and he does like one training run a week and delivers the mail like 40, 50 miles a week. It's like, they're both, they're both very cynical guys. And so ripping on, on Coconino Cowboys was, was where it really started from. And so we changed the group chat to Constant Cowboys. And then they kind of moved away, and then um, I DNF'd Masunatan 100, but in the process I met Pat Hine, uh, who lives in Bethlehem, he, um, he is a video producer for Runner's World magazine and, um, and Cycling Mag. And uh, he came for a run on the Conestoga because he's seen me post it. He's seen Zach Miller talk about it. It's just like a very – the Conestoga Trail is, like, where Jason and I would run all the time. And we'd be like, I could depend on those guys if I hit him up and was like, hey, this weekend you want to run, like, 16, 20 miles. Which is like probably good for four or five K worth of gain. Um, it's just like a long susplah hand, it's so sick. Uh, yeah. And and so it started with those two guys. Then Louie kinda got injured for a while. Jason moved up to New Hampshire and then Pat Louie the mailman? Yeah.
0: How'd he mm-hmm. deliver the mail?
1: If he was injured?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, he just like kind of braced up. That's the thing, He can never really recover because he was delivering the mail
0: like nobody got mail for like six weeks sorry louis <laughs> yeah,
1: recovering. actually like i see him all the time Louis's is a very slow mailman he'll talk to me for like 20 minutes i'm like don't you have like work to do he's like okay but anyway usps guys support them yes know? do it god support louis <laughs> you know support louis um and so pat came over ran the with me and he brought a gopro And I told him about the uh, Conestoga Cowboys, he was stoked on it. He put out a little video and he hashtagged Conestoga Cowboys. Matt Lipsy saw that and ran with it really hard because I think like two weeks later he came into the Conestoga run, which is a 10 mile race that they do here. Um, And then he started just blasting Conestoga Cowboys everywhere. I'm like, this motherfucker has run here one time and now he's taking my shit and so, sounds like lipsy that is very lipsy they, that is very lipsy yep. so I Pat's like you gotta lock down the handle I was like okay you're right so then that was like a year ago last week I locked down the Instagram handle connoisseur cowboys and then I just started kind of put, and I wasn't even running much trail at the time I was training for a Philly marathon um, so like I didn't want to get hurt I get hurt a lot I fall a ton trail running so I just stayed off the trails while I was training for for the marathon but I just started posting all these old photos that I had of the Conestoga Trail and then by the time I could get back to trails after Philly Marathon happened um yeah we just started posting a whole bunch of pictures and so I would hit up my homies and uh, other dudes that I knew who ran the Conestoga a bunch um like Anthony Wallach uh he's uh, a connoisseur cowboy i hit him up because i knew i've seen him out on like 20 mile out and backs out there and uh i'm like this dude does ultras a lot of 100ks 100 miles and i was like you know this would be a rad dude to, to link up with and do some training runs the whole plan was a whole bunch of us were going to run mass Nutting 100 the
0: and one you dnf'd
1: yeah the one that i dnf'd last year and the year before so, so i was
0: looking at your ultra sign effect. And I was like, I think he said he's run a couple hundreds. I don't see any on this list.
1: I've run at a couple hundreds. <laughs> I've just never run a hundred. And so, M- Massanutten were the two times that I tried. So, this, this year was supposed to be my third go at it. And then it just, you know, obviously didn't happen.
0: When is Massanutten?
1: It's in May. Oh, in okay. May. It's in mid May. And the first time I did it, it was like beautiful it was cold and wet and it was like honestly i just didn't have the, the mental fortitude mm-hmm. to it, which drives me insane because i absolutely would like i dnf that like with plenty of time to like continue going and stuff like that and then the next year it was extremely hot and i died like 20 miles before i like 54
0: before
1: the finish, so at 80. I know, I know, uh, before I did the year before. So I DNF'd at 79 the one year and then like 54 or 50 the, the next year.
0: Is it a pretty gnarly course?
1: Um, yeah, the second half of it has more gain than in the first half. And it's like very wet either way you do it. Like there's a whole bunch of trails that are like streams. And sometimes the trails that are streams have streams within them. So you go from being like ankle deep to like waist deep. And it's just a wet experience. It's a very wet, rocky experience. And when it's hot, I would never experienced it hot. Because the first time that I paced it, it was wet and cold. First time I ran it, it was wet and cold. And then when it was hot, it was just like so fucked up. So many people dnf that. And I remember seeing, who did I see? Lori... Mishner? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This Lori chick is a savage. Who I know for sure, she's a savage, and she was dropping at the aid station before where I was dropping. I was like, Oh,
0: has she won a bunch of hundreds, like the keys? And because I interviewed this woman named Lori Mishner, and she was great.
1: Mm. No. And she's
0: from the East Coast, so I don't know. It could be her, maybe not.
1: So, no, but, but yeah, messing nothing
0: all right so you're coming back for next year you know well, uh, 2021
1: yeah and and there's all, just like a good crew of people that go down and do it like you know louie's done it a bunch jason lance it'll be his 10th time next year um pat's done it i think five six times uh eddie pantoja who's a savage. so
0: i've been told to interview him and i emailed him and the fucker didn't email me back like what the hell
1: He's he's actually he's he looks Mexican. He is actually Amish. He's the most Dutch Mexican you'll ever fucking meet. And he's awesome. He's a savage. No, get at him on Facebook. I'm sure he'll be
0: I mean yeah, well, that chip might have sailed on
1: <laughs> Salty No, he's
0: still on my short list.
1: No, he's he's just um yeah, he the last time I went, he won it. And I just the two things I remember is that he had done, like, Heiner as a training run, and it didn't go well. Like, he's just, like, he's a roofer, and he cycles a lot, and he's just a low-key beast. And he smashed, like, three-quarters of a bag of chocolate almonds the night before. And then,
0: yeah, you know? Just, Savage. I mean, I tried, so maybe I'll just keep trying. <laughs> I'll just have to go down and, like, knock on his
1: church. Yeah. It's a good, yeah, but it's just a good, I just love that atmosphere. Of Mountain, so I haven't tried any other hundreds. I think there's some that I would, but I think that that's just the one that I just want to get out of it. Plus, I kind of like, I like 100Ks. I like that idea more. You've
0: only done one.
1: I've run, I have looked at that too. Well, I've run the Conosoga Trail. Oh, okay. The trail. Okay. So the, okay.
0: So yeah, like, is this, how long is this trail?
1: The Conosoga Trail is 65 miles.
0: Oh, okay. So you run that a lot.
1: Yeah, we run that a lot. That the the section that we run mostly is the southernmost 15 miles. The, uh, the of people who have actually run the whole thing, there's only been five, maybe two women. One one woman hiked it. One woman ran it. Ran it. Then James, me, Keith. So yeah, five people.
0: Is this like a? This could be like a Conestoga race soon.
1: It could be put it on. I mean on. it's a lot of roads, so like it goes through. That's
0: perfect. Oh. I'll come uh, and yeah. crush it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, the last the last, you know, fifteen, sixty miles are trail that are really treacherous in one direction it's about forty five hundred feet of gain. And it's just but other than that it's just like country back roads that are rolling hills, cornfields, um random parts like
0: So, I just got to make it through the first part like JFK and then cruise on the second.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Sounds like a good strategy. Now I'm tempted.
1: It's very convenient. It's well suited for self supported efforts, too, because there's a couple Turkey Hills along the trail. Uh, There's a Speedway gas station. Like you could get snacks throughout the whole
0: Oh, yes. The Speedway, Saratoga, (laughs) or yeah, Conestoga Trail. Yeah, I like that. So, um, these are all really long distances. When did you run in high school and college? Have you ever, Like you said you did the Philly Marathon. So, what's your experience with shorter stuff?
1: Uh, that would be it. That's the only, like, road race. Uh, I did a half marathon building up to it. But, no, I mostly, I started running when I was 18. So, I grew up a skateboarder. Um, I still skateboard now. So. That's not really conducive to, like, being healthy and running either. Um, You
0: know, uh, two of my coworkers are got injured skateboarding. So they haven't exactly sold it to me as um, the roadrunner that I am. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, That's not that smart. No, I've, like, you know, destroyed wrists and, like, you know, folded ankles skateboarding and shit like that. So I don't do it, like, building up to races and stuff. But, um, yeah, during – This time, this year, there's been, like, nothing but time for skateboarding. So, it's been, it's been, it's a fun mix. I just, like, can't stop. Um,
0: I'm surprised that it hasn't helped. Like, you say you fall all the time. I'm surprised that it hasn't, like, helped your balance and, like, stuff like that.
1: No. No? No. No, no. I'm not good at skating either. So, why would I be good at, you know, running just because of that? Um, So,
0: um, did you do Philly in 2019, this past one? Yes. So it was wet and rainy and terrible.
1: It was very wet and rainy and cold. And the day before was, like, beautiful. Uh, yeah, because
0: the day before was JFK, lucked out.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, the conditions were actually kind of good for me, like, because I like being cold and wet. Uh, my feet were just numb the first, like, few miles. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun. It was, a, it was a good experience. It was fun to actually, like, do road training and not just, like, die in the woods because yeah i mean i had pretty much just like gotten when i actually got like really into running it was because of trail running i started running when i was 18 to lose weight so i used to weigh like 240 pounds or so uh and then i lost like 50 pounds 60 pounds from just like running i probably did like a couple 5ks or some shit like that and then like eight or nine years ago um I was dating a girl from Philadelphia, punk girl, pink hair. She dumped me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to show that bitch. I'm going to run a fucking half marathon. And then I signed up for this half marathon put on by Pretzel City Sports called the Charlie Horse Half. And I never read, like I did a couple 5Ks that Pretzel City Sports had done, but I never read like the actual description of it. And it was a trail race. So I got there, I was wearing road shoes. I like, I know like, the first, like, 500 feet, you do a stream crossing. I was like, dude, this is, like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I, I finished it, and it was just so sick. I was, like, hooked from the get. I was like, bloody muddy. There were all these crazy-ass people around. It was sick. It was awesome. I was like, okay, I can, I can get into this. And did you show that bitch? Oh, but there were some punks. Oh, dude. I don't even know. I don't even know where she's at, dude. You missed it Megan, you fucked up.
0: Oh man, missed it. Mm-hmm. You could be starring, you could, she could be the Conestoga Cowgirl. I mean, fuck her.
1: She could be, she wouldn't have run.:
0: <laughs> So that was the beginning. And then <laughs> just all trials from then on?
1: Yeah, it was like, you know, half marathons, 25Ks. Eventually I did a 50K. My first 50K was on the Conestoga Trail, actually. It's called the KTA Super Hike. And you can either run it or hike it. It's like a super low-key race. But um, yeah, that was the first time that I had run any of those Conestoga Trails or the Mason-Dixon Trail. So the other trail that we run a lot is on the other side of the river. And you can actually see it from the Conestoga. It's called the Mason-Dixon. And that's a 200-mile-long trail that just happens to have its really its best parts across the river from Lancaster and then up into York. Um, So a whole bunch of the guys from Lancaster, a whole bunch of the guys from New York. Um, And yeah, we kind of just like run those two trails a lot. Um, And that was, yeah, so that was my first 50K of the KTA challenge. Um,
0: When did you start bringing your camera?
1: That's very recent. I didn't really like i didn't I never really liked the idea like I never filmed skateboarding or anything like that. I never filmed running like I honestly didn't ever want to mix what I do for like a passion with my other passions so I do enough of that so I like leaving this you know the skateboarding the running and all of that that was just like I could just do that and not worry about it so it was more so last year, and then I think once I started sharing pictures of it and I saw that other people, especially the runs, like I I started getting like iPhone clips, just like, you know, running and holding my phone out like this and trying to keep it as balanced as possible and posting like little stories on the connoisseur cowboys that were more like, you know, I put them to a song or something like that. And, um, people were really receptive to that. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should just get a GoPro something like that and i think i got a gopro last like february so i we started filming stuff in february but we didn't put out anything until august it's just because like we just sat on things and we didn't know about like all the races and all these plans that we initially had um but then in sometime in like july and august pat was just like we gotta put out the shit that we filmed so then we did the buzzard run and we like properly filmed it and yeah, put that out in August.
0: So having the critical eye that you do, um, do you find that when you're making, editing these videos, do you have that same level of like, this needs to look like this or it's not going to go out? Cause like mm-hmm. I completely resonate with you saying you don't want to mix your passions. Like work is work and running and skateboarding is outside of work which is like a really big thing that i kind of like to maintain i sort of like that i like that i get up and i run and then i clock into a job and then i leave my job and it's like i'm done you know so um how have you dealt with balancing both those things
1: yeah i will say the reason the channel didn't come out when it did is probably because I. I I still have this aspiration to what it what I really wanted to be, but I realize it's better to be out than to not exist at all. So. So yeah, I definitely suffer from that. I, I thankfully with the stuff that I produce for like my work, there's deadlines and I have to get shit out and I have to be like okay with where it sits and stuff like that. But when it came to my own like endeavor, um, yeah, I think I had. there's there's two ways that i look at it it's like i wanted it to be this really nice polished thing but then i started to think about i'm like i don't want to bring a nice camera into the woods because that involves like i don't in any of these videos that we film i'd ideally like to not have to stop like if it's still as good of a training run as it can be that's ideal so like most of our stuff is moving we do stop a bunch you know what i mean to like especially if we're running like a few deep like four or five deep like you know we'll go hit a hill really hard and maybe the downhill really hard and then we'll chill up the downhill or if there's a vista we'll chill up the fist for like a few minutes or something like that but everything's like keeping it moving so uh yeah i mean i film most of that stuff with this setup so it's just the gopro and then a bite mount and um and it is kind of beneficial, like being a cinematographer because like my, you know, when I'm running, I can keep this hand like really still just because I've used cameras a lot and I do a lot of handheld camera work. So I have a lot of practice keeping a camera still. Um, but yeah, it's not easy filming while running. Either. I
0: really want to ask about this. <laughs> like this is what I'm Like this is like I need to have this guy on because I want to ask these questions because always like we see your stuff and we see like ginger runner we see um mountain outhouse and jam jam and like they do some stuff very well and so like you are kind of on that level so how like if I, I've never brought my cell phone or camera with me when I run because like I'm not gonna stop unless I have to stop or if it's like in the middle of a Uh, it's it's the interval like the rest or whatever but like at that point I'm not like carrying a camera so like how is like so you bring it and you're carrying it and then like are you filming a lot like or do you turn it on and off and like yeah explain what goes on
1: yeah I'll almost always opt for a vest just so that I have like I've now I I do every run with a phone because like, I either want to capture like, an Instagram image for connoisseur Cowboys. All those photos are taken while moving. So on our Instagram account, those are either, sometimes they're at like atop top of Vista or something like that, but most times they're while running. So that's why it's a lot of pictures of people's asses in the back of their head too, because I'm behind them, because they're either dragging me or I'm getting the photo. But yeah, I'll stop. I'll snap the picture and then have to catch up to them so I, I keep doing this kind of like yo-yoing thing. You're getting uh, your
0: interval training in. Good job. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's really. We'll see. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah, and then, um, and then, yeah, I'll just like put the phone in the one vest pocket, and then um, the GoPro. I'll either just keep it in my hand the whole time, or I'll I have like a Solomon vest that has just a really small pouch. I think it's like the sense like five liter it's very it's just like one little pouch in the back and i can access it through the back and i'll just store it there so that i don't have to hold it like too much but yeah it's kind of made me have to like wear a vest because i'm not gonna like you know keep a phone in a belt or anything like that well i have done the belt sometimes but yeah always finding a spot for your phone and especially in the summer it was really hard because it was so it got it gets so humid on the river um so, and I've also smashed my phone. This is my third phone since I've started doing all this shit. I literally smashed out lenses, smashed the front screen. call, uh, too. a lot. And, and so I'm also, like, trying to pay attention to, like, keeping the horizon on the camera. So I'm, like, looking at the screen, looking at the trail, eating shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I use the GoPro Hero 7 for that reason because the screen, the front lens is like replaceable. Uh, I've had to replace, this is my third lens so far. Um, and I have like other ones on deck now. So I can like smash it mid-run and then go ahead and change it out. Um, yeah, and then I keep like extra batteries and stuff on me. But I don't think I'm gonna make it. I'm like, do you ever watch um, Mediocre Amateur? What is it? Mediocre Amateur. It's a great YouTube channel it's these guys who go out, they do a lot of ski mountaineering, they do some trail running and stuff like that, but they'll take um, like a small Sony camera that has like a zoom lens on it. They'll take a little bit more, they'll take drones. Like I'm not trying to get into that. This is the extent of what I want to take on a run. You know, that in my phone, that, I think that's funny. And, and, uh, and yeah, and I think we also want to keep things pretty raw. Like when the editing, so in regards to like the typical shooting and the typical editing that I do, the typical shooting I do is with massive cinema cameras, red cameras, um, RA cameras. uh, And I just don't want anything like that whatsoever. I would love to keep this just like strictly GoPro and maybe, you know, a little bit of like nice camera when it's not running involved and stuff um like the trailhead talking and stuff like that that we have like in the, the buzzard episode or the general episode that we have out on youtube um and then with the editing too like i just want to keep that super simple so we do just jump cuts and and text and nothing nothing too crazy i spent a little bit of time on the intro the intro is uh i got some slow motion of all the friends yeah yeah, that was a fun that was like that was like the one thing that I knew I could do to pull from like what I do for a living and I was like, okay, I can at least make a nice intro for this. And so that was like the one stipulation.
0: My and, intro I used to my intro for these, I used like an iMovie template. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is
1: clutch. Yeah, I mean I, I I I definitely acknowledge that I'm at a benefit because I know there's there's a lot of little like, you know, East Coast running crews and stuff like that. And I think that' it's a, it's a cool, you know, it's it's cool to have your, like, posse or friends that, you know, you can go running with, and you can, you know, get other people stoked on it, but I'm definitely at an, at an advantage of, like, you know, I know how to curate content, and create consistent imagery, and do, you know, cinematic stuff, and, like, I know people who, like, the guy who did our logo, you know what I mean, I just, he's a runner from Philadelphia, and he, um, Vinny dude, so Italian. I did a, a a half marathon with him, and he was just like in gold necklaces and I was like, bro, did you just run in gold necklaces and he's just so Italian you're kind of
0: like fresh when you're out there I mean that's half the thing
1: yeah, that's very true okay. um
0: so when you are asking people to come like when you're having people come with you like how like do you just film everything, or like how do you know, or like how to like what do you decide to talk about, or like what's what's kind of what kind of goes into the planning
1: um, usually it's at least just the route the whatever happens in between then is kind of just already what happens like that's the cool thing about running with the homies it's like it's always a little it's always very silly in nature, you know, especially. I'm excited to put out the the next episode that's coming out this week is a run with Joe and Anthony. Anthony was just in our last episode where we ran the first like 14 miles of the Connoisseur Trail. Um, Yeah, they're just like funny dudes. I don't know, I mean, I'm also, uh, you know, I have to be such an, not straight-laced, but I have to be a really, I have to be a good boy when I'm doing the documentary work. You know what I mean? And so when I'm trail running, this is my opportunity to be the the dirt bag that I really, truly feel like I am. And so, yeah, I, um, yeah, some of these other episodes are going to be really silly. Yeah, but you got to
0: be careful, though. You got to be careful, though, because, like, there's a lot, like, what I appreciate about the Ginger Runner and Jam Jam is, like, they're not bros. And I actually kind of like that because it's not, like... And so it's just, like, you got to be careful to not become, like, a Sean Blanton. And then it's like, oh, you might turn some people off, you know? So (laughs) I like that you said that you have a couple things maybe coming out with women, which is great.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not going to be smacking asses at fucking aid stations and being a scumbag punk. There are a lot of scumbag punks out there. But, no, I'm not going to be that much of a fucking douchebag. But I I do want to be an asshole. I'm not going to lie. Because there's so many, like, another, so two, I'd say the two main things that I think what we want to do with concert Cowboys is obviously kind of what you guys want to do is like put the Northeast, the East Coast on blast. Like, I think it's a very upper, underrepresented market in trail running. Um, and then secondly is like more representation in trail running. And that means representing people who aren't just like wholesome, You Know what I mean? I think that there's tons of nice, wholesome people out there. You have your Sage Candidates and his little wholesome banjo music intros and shit like that, and Jam Jam. You know, he's got a baby, it's all fucking bouncing around here, and Ginger Runner. I think it's all fun and good, but like, you know, I want to definitely show a a punk ass side of running because it's because. I know for sure for me as a Latino and a punk, like those are two things that I just never really saw much representation on. And also, like, yeah, women runners too, and stuff like that, because we have a few chicks that we run with, and some of them go hard as shit, and they're also artists and they're, and they're creative in their own right. And especially like Katie O'Regan, she's a fucking ripper and she's so weird, and it's like, I can't wait to like, put her on blast a little bit and yeah, just like show some underrepresented groups and also some, I feel like more realistic groups. Cause once I started putting out like hardcore music and punk music and thrash and swearing and calling people out and talking shit, I actually started getting more people responding to me that were like me. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like there's other skate rat punks who turned into trail runners out there. And I think that, people would probably be more surprised to find that there's other like, you know, shitheads out there. You know, because there are so many just like type A runners too, who are like, I'm gonna follow this plan, I'm gonna run real fast, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do the proper shit. And that's fun.
0: That's like road runners. I feel like trail yeah. runners
1: don't do that. Well, there's definitely type A trail runners too, and those are people who do well in races. Some people, like yours truly, care less i have other things that i care more about in life than running so when i come and do the running shit i don't really care if i die that's like the whole point you know what i mean i can i can dick around i can go maybe get lit the night before meet up with my friends and go run 16 to 20 miles the next day it might be horrible might be great but either way i mean they'll be able to see it i
0: mean i respect that i just think like (laughs) in social media today and just anywhere, people like to be controversial and they like to, you know, shock people. It's like all the shock value. And sometimes it's like, okay, you're not like that. Like, for example, like we, like Matt Lipsey, love that guy. So nice. So genuine when I had him on the podcast, but his social media and sometimes the things he says lead you to believe that he's like a bro dick but when he was on my show and i know him he's a wonderful person so you know it's like that fine line between like yeah you be you but also like you gotta like not force it also you know
1: he 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 pushes he pushes the limit for sure he does there's been some times i've had to like sass back at matt you know what i mean especially because we're in a group chat together listen matt i fucking love you you know i do (laughs) I want to smack you up sometimes, too. You know? <laughs> but yeah, that's like all. That's, that's a lot of those people. Yeah, dude. Oh, sure. It's Actually, all of absolutely. us. Once again, not a Sean Blanton. Okay. No run bum up in this bitch, dude. I'm fucking, <laughs> my hands are clean. You know, you can ask. I was at the Connoisseur run. I touched no butts. Six
0: feet of space. <laughs>
1: Six feet of space. Wore my mask.
0: Yeah. So speaking of you run with some pretty cool people. So tell me like a couple stories, like a couple of the great things where you're like I need to put these people on video.
1: Um let's see. Louie for sure. Louie is one that is is um is somebody who I, I can't wait to like run Blast just because he's such an interesting character. He Louis actually
0: Mailman. That's now his it, moniker. It, That's his trail name from now on. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, Ultra Running's favorite mailman. Yeah,
0: oh, that's great. You guys can get shirts with that on it, too.
1: (laughs) He he actually biked the whole Conestoga Trail. um, And he did it with a steel frame bike from the 80s that has down tube shifters. Like, absurd.
0: That's my bike, I have down shifters.
1: (laughs) i just like, it blows my mind. So he's that kind of, he's very much so a Europhile, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, Pat and I, Pat Hine, the other who's also going to be a big part of the video aspect of it and the YouTube part of it. Um, we definitely want to do some more docu-type series that are, like, highlighting certain people. So there's, like, this guy, Rick, who we love, who always kind of just, like, drives his van from aid station to aid station at MMT and other 100-milers. He's um, just, just awesome. You know, yeah because everybody like, has a story everyone's got a story and then you got people like jim blanford who's like the king of hamburg you know what i mean he did that um and that vertical challenge that um air viper running was putting on he did 100k of gain in a week and with his daughter's graduation being in the middle of the week and still got like 10k that day of gain it was just like there's pennsylvania and and also like new york too and just like the northeast like uh, especially like North Carolina there's a lot of interesting characters around there, I don't know as far as people so far that we've filmed I've only filmed my friends but the aspirations are definitely to put some some weirdos on blast and some people who are just more on the quirkier side of running I think than like you know I think it's cool to put FKTs and stuff like that on blast but there's a lot of that so I think people what what is missing is more just like normal people you know what i mean that's why i'm also excited to do this channel because like i'm a very normal runner you know middle of the pack i was just
0: thinking that in my brain like this guy is just like a trail runner like he could be in the magazine
1: yeah i'm not I'm not gonna be wooing anyone you know a whole bunch of the dudes are rippers which I think it's like fun it's definitely makes me run harder I have to run with dudes who are all rippers and stuff like that like anthony wallach just won black forest 100k um andrew simpson won uh uh 100k two weeks ago those are all dudes like from the north side that are like cowboys and it's just like yeah so there's some fast dudes but there's definitely a mix of slow slow folks well,
0: I'm not even slow, just, like, people that just go out and do it, you know, like, like you said, like, you skateboard, listen to punk music, and you run trails, you're not, you know, and I mean, sometimes you probably, like, rip it with your friends, but also most of the time, it's like, if I want to go, like, get, like, crazy before this race the night before, and then go, still go to the race, that's fine, because, like, that's just what I want to do.
1: That is actually, yeah, so we are amassing uh, a list of ideas, so in addition to the three runs that we do and some of those things like some more sillier ideas and, and running a race hungover is definitely on the list for sure. I'm
0: surprised that you guys haven't done it
1: I know well there's no races to run there's a there's a there's a couple of races that um once again uh parts city sports put on the one is called Chili cheeks and I just remember two years ago I had some friends who were moving out they were moving out of state and it was that weekend it was the Saturday, they had their party that Saturday, and I was not not gonna rage with my friends before they moved. But, you know what I mean? I wasn't gonna be responsible in regards to the race. I was gonna do my friends justice by partying with them. The night before. So they moved down to Asheville, North Carolina, and I remember raging with them very hard, and then going and running the Chili Chiefs the following morning afterwards, and it was awful. And I wanna film something like that sometime, that would be good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what comes out of this channel. Cause I, I subscribed. I like it. It's cool. Thank
1: you.
0: Appreciate you. Uh, so to close out the interview, actually, uh, thank you for spending over an hour or almost an hour with me. It's been great. Um, I uh, want to play a game called Ideal Aid Station.
1: Mm.
0: Are you ready to play? So you're at, in Mass 9, it's like mile 50 and you're coming into an aid station, and you just, ever, this is the perfect aid station for you. So what would be, what does sweet snack is there?
1: Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids for sure. I eat a lot of candy ball. Haribo gummies. Some of those like Haribo, like natural fruit gummies and some Sour Patch Kids and a Whoopie Pie or two or three. All right, yeah. See- you know what a Whoopie Pie is?
0: See, that's another thing. Like, you probably enjoy every type of different thing at each aid station where I'm like, nope, gotta
1: go. Oh, dude. And that's like a detriment to me. One time I ate hard boiled eggs at an aid station, and I've never eaten hard boiled eggs like in a race ever or on like a normal day. But for some reason, I was like, you know what, dude, I'm gonna fucking have some hard boiled eggs. And it was awful. It's a bad decision. Yeah. You can't do that to me. You can't just put it out there. Like, I'm going to eat it. Like, I technically paid for it. You know what I mean? I'm going to dip my hands into that kiss-infested bowl of M&Ms. Oh, God. You know, the one
0: like, good thing about this pandemic is it'll probably be, like, cleaner <laughs> at the aid station.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I worked one for the first time last year at a race around here called, um, what is it? Uh, Naked Bavarian. Oh, yeah,
0: I did Naked Prussian.
1: Naked Prussian? I think I have
0: the course record. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Good time.
1: Oh. (laughs) No, it's very, was it muddy the year that you did it?
0: Oh, no, it was beautiful. That's why I did
1: so well. No, dude. Yeah, I've only ever raced there when it was muddy, so I swore off racing there, and I helped at the main station. And I just realized how gross it was. I was like, oh, this is disgusting. You just have sweaty, muddy, bloody... Piss-covered people. Coming know, in. stumbling into this aid station and hanging out for way too long.
0: Oh, yeah. Way oh, too God. long.
1: Yeah, A lot say- of people
0: at those aid stations were wondering why I wasn't staying there longer. And I was like, because I'm going to win this race. That's why.
1: No, yeah, no. I don't like hanging out at aid stations.
0: No. Mm. All right. Um, favorite s- salty snack?
1: There's salty snack. Lebanon bologna.
0: Like the meat?
1: Yeah, the meat, lemon and bologna.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's like Canadian bacon, kind of, right?
1: Not in the slightest bit. I mean, kind of. Comes in a tube. It's another, another Pennsylvania delicacy.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. I'll have to try that if I visit. Um, favorite hot food?
1: Uh, Flamin' hot Cheetos. Ooh, that would be not good, though. Wait, hot? Oh, wait, you mean like spicy hot? Or like- no,
0: like hot food for oh, your no. aid station. Like super cafeteria.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, like okay. Um, I, I don't know. I, oh, I like it like when they have like soups, like potato soups, like that kind of thing. Something really chill. I feel like that's always been.
0: Especially in a cold race, soup is the best.
1: I think really good. Some chicken and soup or some pierogies
0: pierogies yeah i'm polish so we got that that's like
1: oh, potatoes
0: wrapped and potato yes
1: Ooh. quesadillas
0: quesadillas just everything
1: i'm saying i'm gonna stick with potatoes
0: all right all right favorite uh sports drink i'm gonna say mountain Dew. So that's going to be the non-sports drink because that's my non-sports drink, too.
1: <laughs> is a sports drink? Okay. Not so it has
0: like, to be, like, a sports drink.
1: It has to be a sports drink. Probably just Gatorade. Gatorade? No, not yellow. No, well, yellow is the OG. Also, yellow has Sydney McLaughlin on it, and Sydney is a fucking Sid. The kid is a savage, dude. No? You don't fuck with Sid?
0: Oh, I know what that is, but, like, <laughs> I'm like, I just... Yellow Gatorade is disgusting.
1: The, oh no, that's always, that's the one that I go to. That's
0: no, the, the Frost.
1: The brand, dude, that's what made Gatorade.
0: And then they had to make more flavors because it was piss.
1: I won one time, I won $250 on a Super Bowl because I did the bet of what color the Gatorade would be when it got spilled on the coach, you know what I mean? Like the winning coach, yellow, $250. That's what
0: all right whatever whatever but at least we agree on mountain dew
1: yeah mountain dew for sure
0: mountain dew is like mountain dew at mile 40.
1: Yes. another cowboy uh adam walton walking walton he, uh he would appreciate that answer a little mountain lightning you know? yes do the yeah. do
0: um all right piece of gear at your ideal aid station that might like help you out of a tight spot
1: poles Poles? poles? Yeah, checking poles are great.
0: I've never used those before. I thought that was the European races.
1: Yeah, I'm a, yeah, we're, we're going Euro. We're going full Euro now.
0: All right, yeah, we got the punk rock skateboarder yeah. European man European here. here.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm using checking poles for sure. I get so sick in races because I hunch over. See, the longer you take to run a race, the more dilapidated you become. And so I hunch over, and so the poles are really just kind of
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
1: Shit, I have something to like smash the ground with if I get angry.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Fight someone if they're taking your pierogi. I'm
1: good job. <laughs> like All
0: right, last question. Um, if you could have like a celebrity or someone meet you at the aid station and either like <laughs> give you a pep talk, like sing a song, or even like run a couple miles with you, assuming they could, who would it be?
1: It's Will Smith, for sure. Will Smith. Will Smith is coming. Will Smith is actually coming to MMT. Mhm.
0: The Fresh Prince.
1: Yeah, Bel Air is right near there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah,
0: in West <laughs> Philadelphia. Yes, that's yeah. perfect. That's a great answer. I love Will Smith. He's wonderful.
1: He's outstanding. And, you know, he's, he's, he's full of quotes. You know what I mean? And I would just want to be his child. I would be like, I'd be like dying. I'd be like, dude, just adopt me and then I'll have enough energy in, in, in life from that.
0: I mean, he's got two great kids, so you just would be like the third and you can't get much better than that. Yeah, yeah. But- well, thank you so much for joining me. Those answers were great. Everything we talked about today was, I've been thinking about this all day. Hopefully I won't be singing Alejandro in my head for the next month, but whatever. Um, Before we go, just tell people where they can find you online, like social media or, oh, he's going. Oh, oh, yes.
1: Buckaroo. All right, guys. So you can find me and the homies on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash backslash forward, you know what I mean, all those things. Conestoga Cowboys and on YouTube at Conestoga Cowboys, too. And that'll be it. We will have a website soon. And we'll also be selling these beautiful t-shirts soon.
0: Oh, yeah. What do they got on the back? Oh, yeah. That's classy. Gang,
1: gang. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. Sign me up.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe we'll create a little Spotify playlist with a whole bunch of hardcore and straight edge music for you guys to enjoy and be angry and salty too. You know, sky's the limit, really, for 2020.
0: Oh yeah, so check out their channel, you guys, and um, give them some love, and uh, thank you for coming on, Alejandro, and I look forward to talking with you more, and hopefully talking to your teammates as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, we definitely want to get out into New York and do some new good out there. So many trails, and we're probably gonna run some new races.
0: Yeah, time. come out to Cuba Trails 50. I live like a mile away from the course. It's pretty great. Really?
1: Okay. Yeah? Well, well, I don't know
0: how many times I've run there,
1: really well i mean i've done the race
0: twice but like training runs like maybe two times Okay. why oh no reason i've just i've just been on the road for the past like two years but when i'm like on my off days hiking i hike there a lot there we go all right well thanks man have a good night
1: have a good one ciao bye